You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program. And here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. Well, it's great to be back with you tonight as we get back to business as usual after two weeks of travel and special events and uh, quasi-party shows. You just heard from John Friend of the American Free Press and the Barnes Review. Coming up later still, columnist Jose Nino of Big League Politics. Big League Politics uh, is going to be talking about the growing backlash against wokeism, the reaction to country music superstar Jason Aldean's latest hit. But first, or I, I should say, but now is uh, right in the middle of it all, right in the middle of all the action. The star of the show. Really, I think he's a guy who is uh, sort of an unofficial producer of the program, or at least a, a, a writer, because we mention inside his work in just about every say show. That imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Well, if it is, uh, feel flattered, uh, Brad. Brad Griffin, editor-in-chief of Occidental Descent, really a brother of mine. We're the same age, same season of life. Uh, and he's back tonight to talk about uh, the many arrests of Donald Trump, the death of liberal conservatism, and how radically charged the political climate is becoming and what opportunities could come as a result of uh, this growing uh, radicalization. But first, let's say hello to him. Brad, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Always, Always to great back. to have you back on. Why don't we just jump into it, man? I what, got it right here. We're what, gonna do, read- what, do you, what do you think about Donald Trump? What is... What is the end game for this? What is the purpose of it? And uh, how do you think this is going to play out in the election? I'm going to read, actually, from Brad himself right here and, and get him to answer your question, Keith, and comment on his own take. But this is it. What Brad writes at Occidental Descent, the former president and the leading candidate for the Republican nomination is about to be indicted and arrested by his rival for the third time in less than six months. So we see things are moving at a face faster than, uh, faster than ever before. If there's going to be a crack up of the system, Brad, you're right, we could be closer to it now than at any point in certainly generations. And we really haven't seen anything like this before. I mean, you have to go back to Abraham Lincoln before you had a president that was locking up political well, or rivals. At least Woodrow Wilson, you know, he had Eugene Debs. Uh, yeah, uh, I brought him up. Arrested. But uh, and, and, and how the stakes have increased dramatically so for Trump. This isn't 2016 or even 2020. He's facing several lifetimes in prison. And here's what you write, Brad. Being indicted and arrested twice, likely two or three more times still to come. Biggest land war in Europe since World War II has broken out. It could spiral out of control at any moment. Normies have radicalized over the course of the last three years under Joe Biden than we could have ever done uh, and with our collective. Uh, more people expect a civil war now to happen in their lifetimes than ever before. The polarization is off the charts. Where are we going? <laughs> where are we? We're the beneficiaries, and we're basically just along for the ride. You know, the, the left is driving the wagon. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I sat there the other day, and I was turning it over in my mind. It's like, you know, it's uh, for me at least, it's been like a, just a slow, uh, slow-moving, calm calm summer. But then I have to remind myself, you know, at the same time, um, and, e- and even and even the news, uh, the news that it was kind of news where the Trump was arrested the third time, first time, then the second time. Now it's like, oh, he's being arrested again. We're getting kind of used to it. And I had to, like, I sat there, and I, like, I thought about it. And I'm like, well, you know, so things are getting like really extremely radical. I mean, stuff that hasn't happened since, I mean, 
since really the war between the states, I mean, you could, like, um, we were, we were keeps were saying that we could cite Eugene Je- Debs uh, being arrested by Wilson, but but stuff that is just really radical moves have, have become um, normal, and the uh, political climate is so combustible right now, and I just worry about it. Well, it pretends a lot of different things. One thing that it pretends is the end of trial by jury, you know, which has worked so well for most of American history. Diversity has killed trial by well, jury. Well, Keith, to your point, my friend, this is something, and this is an amazing thing, and it's to Brad's point and to your point. Donald Trump said he didn't even appear in the E. Jean Carroll situation in New York because he said there's no way he could get a fair trial there. Now, this is a president of the United States saying there's no way I can get a fair trial in a diverse place like New York. And of course, that, that that observation leads to the question, why not secede? Why do we not well, we'll get, we, we, Let's get to that in just a moment. I don't want to get too far ahead. But, uh, but Brad, I mean, you have written about this extensively, and I, we cite you all the time in terms of how and why the radicalization has occurred. It is a totally different world than it was in 2015. 2015, it's completely unrecognizable to the political landscape of 2023. Mm -hmm. And right below the surface is the simmering. I say the only thing keeping us together is a very tenuous uh, economy, this uh, consumerism. That's the only thing tying Americans together because you've got two halves that one side hates the other. And you write, Brad, that... um, the system is destabilizing. It is losing its legitimacy. The courts, elections themselves, government, people are poised for a revolutionary change. Could you give us a little more reason as to why you believe that? Well, I mean, we're at, we're at, we're at the point where, you know, um, the people are losing faith in law enforcement, losing faith in the, in the, ju- in the, in the justice system. I mean, and, and that's just like, you know, the, the latest thing, losing faith in the military as, as well. Yeah, good and point. And it's just, you know, it seems, it seems it seems to be it's not getting better, it's getting worse. The trend is all the trend is totally in the direction of, you know, destabilization. And and if you just project it a, a, a few years forward, I mean, I mean you can easily imagine right right now, you know, it it hasn't come to blows or anything because a lot of these people they think, you know, oh, well, you know, Trump will just Remember, remember, there were there were people who who believed even after Biden was inaugurated that Trump was still president, and they and they explained it away. But I mean, can you imagine like um, next year, like if he's actually he's won the Republican nomination, and he could he could possibly be president. He could he could in theory he could win the, he could win win the White House and be sent to prison. I mean, can you imagine um, how destabilizing that yeah. would be? Well, that is third world banana republic of, you know, par excellence. But this is where we're at now. And this is where you inevitably reach. This is the terminus of a diverse society because it could only end this way. I mean, it was inevitable that it would end this way. It's going to end in an event. Well, we'll get to that. You you wrote something that was absolutely poignant today. And we'll get to that in just a second. But what's going to be the spark? Because I am telling you right now, you've got you've got many different nations comprised in two different blocks, the red block and the blue block, the red state and the blue state. They are diametrically opposed. There is no common ground whatsoever. This isn't the war between the states where you still had a racially homogenous nation. You had a lot of commonality. There's nothing that these two groups Mm -hmm. have in common. They both want to see the other one done in for. And what's going to be the event? What's the scenario that brings upon 
this climax where you just mentioned one. You've got Blue State America arresting the president of Red State America. Uh, he's been arrested twice, about to be a third time. Uh, he's still going to get arrested in, in, in Georgia with Fonnie Willis. So you got uh, the uh, scenario where Trump is convicted and incarcerated as he runs for president. He's in prison before the 2024 election. You got uh, the, the, the situation that's being so mismanaged in the Ukraine and Russia, uh, perhaps a nuclear war, uh, an economic collapse. Uh, it, it, it's... It, it's 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 one of these things is going to play itself out. This isn't the toothpaste isn't going to go back into the can, uh, and and uh, we can't say it's definitely going to happen in a few months. But you are writing that this could be the last peaceful summer we know. I I, I really do believe that. I mean, I, I, I get a you know a real sense. Let's get this, this break. Is the calm before the storm. Let's get this break. Um, stick with Brad. All right. Yeah, go ahead, Brad. He wasn't talking to yeah. you. He's no, talking no, no, no. I, I, I was talking to the producer. Let's. I want to skip this commercial break because I don't want to end this conversation. I, I think we're onto something here. Uh, but you're, you're writing. You, you wrote recently that uh, this could be the the last peaceful summer. It feels like it's taking forever for the inevitable collapse to happen. And by the way, and we say this all the time: don't go out and hasten it, everybody. Don't go out and do something foolish and foolhardy. Don't advocate for no, violence. Like don't, I said, we're along for the ride, and quite well, frankly. The, the wagon has gone down the road well, the system, further under the mismanagement of their power by the left than the right wing could ever have managed Well, this is, yeah, I mean, themselves. the system is going to do itself in based upon the sheer absurdity and, and by the sheer force of gravity. I mean, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to end in some inevitable yeah, people, conflict, but go ahead. People have been saying that for, for forever, for years, for at least yeah, the last right. 20 years I've been around, but. But it, it does feel different now. I mean, and, and what's different about it is, like you said, I mean, when you got the um, with the leading candidate, the president of one party, having his Justice Department arrest his opposition. Right? We're, 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 I mean, yeah, people have been. I mean, yeah, that was just what, what's in the cards now. Just wasn't there in the '90s. I don't think in the 2000s, or even like as late as 2015. I mean, a, a huge number of people still trusted the media as late as 2015. It just seems incredible now. And um, even the justice system, the military, I mean, even even when Trump was president, that it, it, things seemed far more stable back then. But, I mean, the way things are going, I mean, I, I really do think we could be on the brink. And well, I, go ahead, Keith. I I'll, I'll, I'll I'm, I'm normally break. cynical about these things. Yeah, I mean, I'm a husband and a father, too. I don't want to see my kids go through hardship, but I, I, I'm also a realist, Keith. Well, we don't need to overestimate our strength even in red state America. Last Sunday was a perfect case in point. We had Sam Bushman, you know, the head of our uh, radio yeah. uh, network here with his son-in-law. And we went to one restaurant, an old-fashioned meet-and-three place in midtown Memphis, and later that uh, for the evening meal, we went to this place way out in the country outside of, uh, you know, Hernando, Mississippi, to a catfish place. And the difference was like night and day. In the first one in Memphis, this was supposedly a working class crowd. There were plenty of women with blue hair, plenty of women with half of their head <laughs> shaved, plenty of women with tattoos on their calves and thighs and, you know, stuff like this and body piercings. Uh, it was, you know, it looked like San Francisco back in well, uh, 1967. Well, I mean, you understand there are going to be blue enclaves in red states. Yeah, but then on the other hand, you go out to the country 
and it's like 1955. That's right. Know? Well, it's there's just, a huge yeah. difference between rural yeah, and urban. Yeah, I mean, there's really just is. no doubt about it. And even and you well, know, you've got those college towns down there in Alabama, like Auburn and uh, you know Tuscaloosa, <laughs> and where I'm at Florida. right now. Yeah. Well, this is another thing. Speaking of Alabama, I don't want to get off track, but I do want to talk to you about the very interesting thing that Kay Ivey signed off on this week in reaction and in response to the Supreme Court ruling that they had to, I guess, make all the congressional districts skewed to where blacks would be. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But but you, you, you touched on something a moment ago, Brad, that I think is important because it is true. It's just like every heavyweight boxing match. It's the fight of the century. Every fight is the fight of the century. And, 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 and since the 1970s, people have been saying this is as bad as it's going to get. It's about to collapse any minute. But it, is, it, it really is different this yeah. time. And it is different this time because, well, for so many reasons. But the polarization has never been to the extent it is now. Just the sheer demographics, uh, the, 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 the racial animosity. Uh, you write it right here. It's difficult. I'm reading now from Occidental Descent as I do every show, ladies and gentlemen, at least in part, at least at some point. Reading the words of Brad Griffin here, it is difficult to exaggerate, you're right, Brad, how radical and unprecedented a move this is. You're talking about the multiple arrests. And remember, he was impeached about five or six times before that of Donald Trump. Even though it feels like nothing mm -hmm. is happening, we are much further down the road to the inevitable crisis. It sometimes is frustrating because history doesn't happen on our preferred timetable, but this is it. I mean... And, and America's going to be no different. I mean, you had you had the Soviet Union. Nobody thought during their time there that it would ever end, and then it did. You had the Muslim occupation of Spain that, for hundreds no of years. That, that, I don't and think in the change. Soviet Union they had any idea that things were going to play themselves out as quickly as they did in the late 80s and early 90s. But, but the, you had look at this now. I mean, Spain. what we're feeling now, it's just inevitable. It's like you're in... Uh, Pompeii, and you're seeing Vesuvius, all the smoke. <laughs> well, I tell you, I, I give you an even better example. Uh, 2026 will be the 250 year anniversary of America, 1776 to 2026. Well, that's about as long as the Aztec Empire made it. And a couple of years before the Aztec Empire ended, the Roman Empire. I mean, they were on top. They were subjugating, enslaving, sacrificing every tribe within their grasp. And nobody, they I'm sure those unbeatable. other tribes would have ever thought they would have been. And then here comes Cortez with about 500 Spaniards that they took down an empire of millions. So it can change very uh, gradually and then all at once. Right, Brad? Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it feels, you know, um, it, it feels calm. Well, actually, here. All of a sudden, getting ready to stop like it's morning. It's about to start pouring. Pouring here, it was calm a few minutes ago. It's perfect analogy, right? Now. But I mean, you, I mean, <laughs> if you, I just tick the things. I just tick off the things in, in my head. Like it's not Trump isn't facing just one of these cases. It's like at least what three now, uh, possibly four or five. I mean, imagine he wins like two or three of them. That's still like, you know. He's still in jail like for the rest of his life if they have their way. They only have to win once. He has to win all and, of them. And another thing is, is like, uh, this, I mean, it seems boring because, you know, we've seen how before Trump versus Biden. But the stakes for Trump personally are radically different um, in this election. I suppose 2016 and 2020, he, he could be going to prison for the rest of his life. He could lose everything. They could really, like. And he, Trump himself has been radicalized by all the stuff that's happened. Yes, which yes, just wasn't I believe the case. that. Now, I do believe that. Just wasn't well, the case in, in 2016. But, I mean, they're going to take it. I mean, they're actually, I think, going to do this. They're really winding up find some way 
to prevent him from either taking – assuming he wins, even assuming he wins, you know, prevent him from taking office or take him out in the um, primary. I don't know what the exact uh, schedule is with the, uh, these trials. Well, well, well They've scheduled but, all um, these trials to be smack dab in the middle of the primary, yeah, right. Keith. And see, Brad, the left is driving all of this. They don't have to drive it like this. If they can cheat in elections – like they did in 2020, they could cheat again. I was ch- talking. And do it quietly, but instead, they are doing everything they can to rub to help the us. Out. It's actually helping us. They are doing the job that we could never do, and that is radicalizing our people oh, in the best sense of the word. I was talking with this about John Friend the other day. All they had to do in 2015 was just dismiss Trump as a blip on the radar and as an anomaly. But because every single thing Trump did, he could walk on water, he could have cured cancer, eradicated poverty, world peace. He was a racist Nazi, anti-Semite, white supremacist. And people got numb to it. Every article ever written about Trump was the exact same stuff like that. But the left felt like they could not lose. And when they lost to Trump, they pushed the panic button. And, threw and all they had to gear. do, all they had to do, Keith and Brad and everyone listening, is set on the ball and wait for the great replacement to run its course. But they overreacted. And the left, more than any of us and even Trump himself, I think he was an inadvertent savior in this regard, brought about the radicalization of the base. And now it is leading towards something. And, Brad, it's interesting. I'm not talking to Brad. I'm reading Brad's words to Brad. Brad, you write. Trump's various arrests, the deep state attempts to take out Trump before the next election, the sweetheart deal between the DOJ and Hunter Biden. Uh, You conclude that it's just part of the process we have to go through that is destroying the legitimacy of the system in the eyes of a critical mass of people who are waking up to these issues. And the left is saying we're doing this. We know it's wrong. And what the heck are you going to do about it? But but they are playing with fire. And you right here as well, Brad. We're at a stage now or approaching a stage very nearly, and I don't think we're going to be able to sidestep it. I think it's going to come to a resolution and a blow one way or another where the confidence in the system has collapsed. Both sides see each other as mortal enemies in existential conflict like in the South around 1859. And you're right, Brad, and you're right. This was unthinkable even four years ago. We're sitting here now in the current year, 2023. Even into Trump's first term, we could have never thought it would be here now like it is. Well, I mean, even I mean, even as recent, I mean, think about it, James. Is re, is re, even when Biden was being inaugurated and we went through uh, January sixth and all that, did did anyone uh, did anyone at the time think that um, the Russia Ukraine stuff would boil over and NATO and Russia would be essentially at war within like two, two within two years? Did, did was anyone that cynical? Anyone thought thought it would be that bad if uh, Biden won in twenty twenty? And yet here the we are in the closet. See, see, it's not a, Russia. It's China. You know, the, right. You know, and, that, and that's, and that's, a, that's another. What about China? And that's that. And see, that's a whole nother thing. Um, suppose it doesn't bowl over uh, domestically. Um, one of these bureaucrats like Victoria Newland is the one who comes foremost to mind could, you know, could easily set in motion a chain of events where this war uh, in Russia and Ukraine has been getting more and more serious. That hundreds of thousands of people have died in this. Um, I, I just think you. I just think you know. There's there's so many things are so combustible, just both internationally and domestically, and there's so many different scenarios where I can see it just going up in flames. And the whole the whole Russia Ukraine thing is another example. It could it could something could blow over there, and we could really be in a hot war with Russia. I mean, people are not taking that seriously enough, and in a hot especially war with China. I mean, people think. 
and a hot world yeah, trying Taiwan, to China yeah. could go into Taiwan. That that you shoe could use drop. North Korea um, as a proxy to be the one that actually pushes the nuclear button on something and sit yeah. back and say our hands are clean and whatnot. Well, we're talking I mean, about do, all this do, do, as if it's a bad thing. I am more hopeful that there will be an event that will give us at least an opportunity. Now, I'm not sure that we'll we'll come out on top, but we will have a chance that we haven't had before and that did not appear anywhere even on the radar of just a few years ago. The, the question, the, the question, James and Keith and me, is this, do things ever get this serious, this dire, this bad, this close to the brink, and do they – reach this point then all of a sudden just simmer down and everyone no, there has to happy, be a venting there has a to be some sort of a yeah a conflict right right that's the, that's that's the way it's going and we're going to be there in a few years if not like next year is and they can't play this at our feet if, though see brad no they can't we're say just observers we're just observers all this we're, we're just innocent bystanders well they'll say whatever they want to say they'll blame it all on us but there's no doubt about that they already are they have well, we're will. Not, you know the I, left I, is I, the provocateurs and yeah. all of this. well we know that but that, it doesn't matter i mean the, the point is we need there to be a resolution we need there to be a reckoning and we need to have a chance. We haven't had a chance my whole lifetime. I think that we are rapidly heading towards some sort of an event, and it could play out in many different ways sooner rather than later. But, yeah, I think you're right, Brad. I don't think this whole thing just gets, you know, everybody just goes along to get along again. There's, and the, the whole thing from the attacking of the president, I mean, this Banana Republic stuff, you're arresting this guy over and over and over again now. You had all the impeachments. It's all trumped up. You, you think Trump, even if he is, I don't think he is, but even if he was criminally corrupt, he's the only criminally corrupt guy up in Washington. It, it, I think Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing, and that's what we're seeing play out. Well, in any event, though, these people, have, uh, something is, these people are reckless, well, and, it's, and it's, it's evident in the foreign policy as well. Yeah, well, all right. We do have to take this as a hard break. We do have to take this one, but you can read all of this at OccidentalDescent.com. I am there every single day. Even when he's not posting, I'm there every day, waiting for him to post. Brad Griffin's our guest. Stay tuned, everybody. Like waiting for the uh, Oracle at Delphi to speak. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barmash. A new poll shows voters are not enthusiastic about the prospect of a 2024 matchup between President Biden and former President Trump. Less than half those surveyed by the Yahoo News YouGov poll said they favored neither candidate. Biden has a slight edge with 47 percent support. In the scorching landscapes of the U.S. Southwest, there has been a surge in burn cases due to the ongoing heat wave. Hospitals in Arizona and Nevada have seen an alarming increase in patients affected by first, second, and third-degree contact burns due to the prevailing extreme heat conditions. Dr. Robert Martinez of St. Rose Siena Hospital in Las Vegas telling 8 News Now. If you go to the pool and you step on the cements... Probably 140 degrees. Some of the incidents have resulted in fatalities, underscoring the severity of the situation. Recent temperature records have shown triple-digit readings in these regions with no end in sight. In Las Vegas, I'm John Schaefer. Police in Portland, Oregon, are looking for a suspect who fled a hospital after firing shots, killing a security guard. Legacy Good Samaritan Medical Center was on lockdown following the Saturday afternoon shooting. Another person was injured. The cause of the incident is not known.
A pandemic office in Washington is being headed to proactively address spreadable diseases. On Friday, officials announced Air Force Major General Paul Friedrichs will lead the Office of Pandemic Preparedness and Response beginning August 7th. Friedrichs previously coordinated all health services at the Pentagon, including the military's COVID-19 response. The new office will address potential public health outbreaks and threats from RSV, polio, influenza, MPOX, and more. I'm Ryan Daniels. American Brian Harmon is the one to beat. He holds a five-shot lead heading to Sunday's final round at the British Open. This is USA News. Now. Now your ideas don't have to wait. Now they have everything they need to come to life. Dell Technologies and Intel are creating technology that loves ideas, loves expanding your business, evolving your passions. We push what technology can do. So great ideas can happen right now. Find out how to bring your ideas to life at Dell.com. Welcome to now. Keeping your kids safe is a full-time job. Whether it's putting on outlet covers, installing child gates, or gluing down your priceless face. So Duracell made one part of childproofing simple. Our lithium coin batteries are the only ones coated in a non-toxic bitterant to help discourage swallowing. Your kid is safer, and you've got one less thing to worry about. Or glue down. Duracell. Engineered for more. Available in 2032, 2025, and 2016 sizes. Back with our friend Brad Griffin of OccidentalDescent.com. And Brad writes that we are approaching the end times of this uh, particular era. And You're not even being subtle about it. You write to Brad that uh, we are we're seeing separate fires everywhere, smoke everywhere. We seem to be sitting on top of a smoldering volcano, but it hasn't exploded yet. But you think that it will very soon. And you're not the only one, by the way. We're going to talk about Neil Howe and Peter Turchett in just a moment. But Well, it's like this, James. Let me just say this. The left is saying we're corrupt, we're crooked, and we're in charge. We know we're being unjust. What in the heck are you going to do about it? Well, Brad puts it even more... To the point in, in, in many ways, and he says, let us count the ways. Why are we rapidly approaching an event now that didn't exist 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? People have been saying it's going to collapse. The end is near forever, right? But why now? Here's what Brad writes. If past this prologue, we're due for major upheaval, which tends to happen every 75 to 80 years, roughly, in American history, which is the span of time between the American Revolution and the war between the states and the Great Depression and World War II, on and on and on. The sheer radicalism of the social atmosphere and the paranoia and the deep distrust of government has reached a level now only seen a couple of times before in American history. You had bad uh, riots and bombings and assassinations in the late 60s, early 70s, but you still had uh, voters who were primarily of the World War II generation. They still trusted uh, the system in a way that just isn't true anymore. And with that greatest generation, the silent generation, they're now dead and dying. Uh, no one alive today has experienced a major war, Brad, you write, which makes such a thing far more likely to happen. And it goes on and on and on. War itself is cyclical. We're due for a major war, not a sideshow like the war on terror. People in charge of the Biden administration have already started a war, for God's sake. Lack of trust in the institutions, government, courts, media, you name it, uh, academia, churches, 
Uh, as recently as 2005, there was still a trust for the for the system and the, 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 the long march through the institutions has been. Complete. But it's collapsed, and and on and on and on. I mean, you write you write uh, you actually have about 20 bullet points here as to why the time may be near. I just read about the first five or six. Continue on in that thread, Brett. Oh, I don't have it in front of me, but you know, I just I was I was thinking I was you know I it, I was surprised to learn about the Neil Hogan that he had a new book out. And I'd heard about the, uh, that Peter Churchill had a new book out. So that was kind of, you know, just in the news uh, last week. And, I, you know, I, and I, I sat there and I just spelled it out in, in, in front of me. It's like, you know, I don't – things feel, you know, truly boring to me. You know, it's a slow summer. There's been having, you know, many riots. Um, like the thing going on this weekend is whether people are going to go see Barbie or Oppenheimer. It seems pretty calm. But it's not. Right, right. Now, and, 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 and like I, I pointed out there, like for, first of all, like you have like a, the, the biggest land war in, in Europe since World War II, which is going on. That's going on in the background. But then you have the, the Trump arrest going on in the background. So you can look at, so you can look out. You can, if you, if you, if you, you look out and say, oh, there's fire over here. There's one over here. Um, people like absolutely hate. I mean. Congress holds is holding hearings on the weaponization of government against conservatives, right? That's kind of a political theater like sideshow, but just just the fact you know that sentiment is main, mainstream. People think the, the the this isn't like a fringe sentiment. This isn't like the militias in the in the in the nineties. There was a lot of that. Uh, we had Oklahoma City bombing, but like this, this these these views are, are soaked in. And are accepted by most people on the right today. We saw that in that Michael Anton article um, today. Well, what and they're doing these, these though, are commonplace. What I was going to say Go is that the left basically overplayed their hand when they said that we're going to make sexual perversity a civil rights issue. I think the transgender issue has been a big overplay. That, well, see, yeah, the for thing sure. is, what they do, they are showing people. And critical that, race theory. It's now undeniable. The left is evil. The left intends to destroy you and your family. And people are being, mm-hmm. and, you know, for example, they talk about if we got into a two-front nuclear war with uh, China and Russia, we would surely, and North Korea, we would surely lose. But there are crazy neocons out there like Jake Sullivan and Victoria Newland and others who are telling people that we can win a two-front nuclear war. This is insanity. Who do you know? Who is believing this, even on the left? Well, I mean, this is Brad, you're right about this. Not a lot of people, because we're at a point now where huge, huge, you're talking about tens of millions of the voting public, huge swaths of the population have totally lost confidence, in, 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 in not just the media, which Trump did more to erode, and it was so necessary that it happened, the trust in the mm-hmm. media that this country had, uh, but not just that, but the law enforcement, the military, the judicial system. Yeah. Elections Dr. Themselves. Strangelove is in control. You're right about uh, how, I mean, an economic collapse. A lot of people trying to get up the dollar now. We'll see where that goes. But uh, this is, um, I mean, basically, and I'm quoting you again here, Brad, the population has never been this prime for a major upheaval at any point in our lifetime or even the lifetime of our fathers, perhaps even our grandfathers. The people are taking social stability for granted. Uh, this isn't going to continue for a vi- variety of reasons. The t- It wasn't ripe in, in the last several decades, but it, it, it is ripe now. And 
we're building up to a climax. Am I, am I right about that? Or you don't see any way this could be alleviated yeah, beyond some sort of a, a sorting? Sorting out. No, no I, 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 I really do think it's building to a climax, and I, re- I really do think it's going to uh, bowl over. And the thing is, the thing is, the amazing thing about it is, I mean, if you could look at the late 60s, the early 70s, it was just chaos with riots that dwarf anything we've seen today, bombings that, you know, um, dwarf anything we see today in the 70s. What um, was going to say there? Um, you had uh, the whole collapse of the Jim Crow system and stuff. And you have to ask yourself, well, why didn't, if anything was going to bowl over, why didn't it bowl over back then? And, um, and it's just, just I'll it's tell you, I'll answer that. I'll answer that. People, uh, people the were too co- even back then. Well, and they were comfortable. They were still Believe comfortable. Was, I mean, this is it. I mean, you can, people are going to have to suffer before they will do what they know they need well, to be well, doing. Yeah. And while they were still bringing home the bacon, while they were still making a living, and, and you can't say, well, yeah, you should go out and martyr yourself and and never be able to make a living for your children and you you know so on and what so on. What happened in the people late are going to have to suffer for it. But when this economic when the economy collapse, I think this might be what it is, Brett. When the economy collapses here, you already have everybody primed mentally and physically and spiritually. When the economy collapses, that's when you're going to see uh, the the cards uh, be reshuffled. But yeah, look, I lived through the late '60s, early '70s. That was a sorting out within the left, within the Democratic Party. You had the hippies and the yippies at the Democratic National Convention in 68, but you also had Mayor Daley and the police force cracking heads. And even though the the white people didn't like what was going on, the American dream was so alive and well. Everybody was getting a house. I mean, the 50s and the 60s, the boom. Oh, yeah. In the late 60s, it was the new left taking over. They didn't like it, but they weren't going to risk risk everything. Now I think they will risk once the the bottom falls out of the economy. They have nothing left because they're already there. The radical new left has totally taken over the Democratic Party, so there's no dissension within their ranks whatsoever. And they're going after the rest of America and telling them, we're going to convert you to our viewpoint or we're going to kill you. Yeah, well, and, and people are pushing back, and I think they're being backed far enough. And when they have to suffer a little bit, the cream will rise to the top. Brad, we'll give you the final word this segment before the next break. You write, the present trends, this is at OccidentalDescent.com, and the most recent posting, as a matter of fact, the present trends, you write, Brad, of cultural disintegration, polarization, and political instability cannot continue in the long term. Once it reaches a certain threshold, instability devolves into conflict. Conflict resolves polarization by vanquishing one side or the other and establishing a new normal. Is that the future? That's exactly the future. And, and and I see it playing out within like next five, six years. And I think like, and, and I, and I, and you know, for different reasons, I just, I, I mean, I, I see a lot of people, not just Turchin or, but um, a, lot, a lot of people, you know, there's a general consensus out there that we're headed for some kind of major conflict. And then that's, 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 that's going to be, that's what's going to resolve things. Either one side or the other is going to win and triumph and just suppress the other side. And that, that's, in. So, How does it end positive, positively for the good guys? I mean, huh? into the balkanization? I mean, secession has been talked about more now than at any point in our lifetimes, and by not just the usual suspect. Do you see a balkanization of America and then we get a piece of it? Or how does it end favorably for us, in your opinion? Can it? Well, it ends favorably for us if our side prevails in the conflict. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's, yeah, that's uh, one way. That's there is, there, there, yeah, there, there is. Uh, and if it, if it doesn't, then uh, I guess we'll just be like our ancestors for after the war. But um, 
uh, yeah, like, like I said, um, th- things don't ever like get this bad and, you know, it just all, all of a sudden, you know, t- t- tapers down and everybody's friends yeah, again. And you remember just, just, I mean, going back to 2001, even though I have a, a, a very different opinion of the canon of nine 11, but there was a sort of a coming together after 9-11 where everybody was like in America. They're all wa- waving the federal well, flag. We now and, realize we were lied to Well, about I mean, but I get that, but I'm just saying the difference between 20 years ago and now is like the difference between two, two, 20 centuries. That'll never happen again. That'll never happen again where everybody like starts waving the flag because of the... No, no. It's, the only future is in separation if we're going to have a salvation. Stay tuned, everybody. Hey there, TPC family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. Matthew 24, 24 teaches us that the church is deceived today. Deceived Christians call themselves Judeo-Christians. Around 1900, Jews commissioned the Schofield Reference Bible, which transformed the Jews from Christian killers to the chosen people. Here's the truth. America is in the Bible. Revelation 21, our form of government came down from heaven. Verse 3, the many Christian ministers at the Constitutional Convention sought God's will. The God-given rights in the Constitution were ordained by God. America is the new promised land for Christian Israel, and Christians are the true chosen people. True Israel is Christian. Listen to Jesus, quote, my sheep follow me, unquote, and, quote, you do not believe because you are not my sheep, unquote. John 10, 25 through 27, the beast has transformed America into the woman mystery Babylon, Revelation chapter 17. For the complete Bible study, write to Christian Knuckles, P.O. Box 210813, Royal Palm Beach, Florida, 33421. We're back with Brad Griffin, who has made his decision, ladies and gentlemen. He has made a hard decision on which side of the fence he's going to fall on. Is it going to be Barbie or Oppenheimer at 9 o'clock tonight, Brad? The Oppenheimer. (laughs) With a wife. She wanted to see it. Jewish America will be proud of your choice. No, no, no. I I love seeing movies. I love seeing movies like that. I want to go see it. And, and, uh, yeah, Brad, Brad mentioned his wife. We love Renee. Brad is one of the very rare few who was able to move in, uh, marry into movement royalty, the daughter of Gordon Baum, our longtime friend, and God rest his soul. I remember soul. when we first met him down there at uh, one of those uh, uh, co- Council of Conservative Citizen annual meetings down in Nashville. The CFCC had no uh, shortage of fingerprints on the cultivation of this program. Gordon, a longtime friend, regular guest, uh, his wife Linda still 
a friend and supporter. And Brad knocks down the sand as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's all in the family. And uh, Brad, speaking of, it's got a growing family. Brad uh, about to welcome a new uh, child into his quiver. Keep, Keep writing for sure. We, 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 we wait for you like we, we wait for the Oracle at Delphi you know, <laughs> to, to speak on the uh, issues of the day. <laughs> Well, he's certainly right about this. Is uh, we we have seen we're talking about the inevitable conflict, what may bring it on, but the fact that it will happen at some point in the very near future. And it's not like the people who said they were going to see it in the seventies. In the seventies, you still had an almost all white nation. I mean, it just I know it felt that way, uh, but it really is going to happen. It really is going to happen. It was the changing of the guard of the old left to the new left. Daily and his people could people could afford to buy a house, go to school. Yeah, all of uh, the affordability of everything. The affordability of everything was just so radically different in the seventies. Well, that's it. I mean, people were too today. comfortable. Yeah, it was never going to happen. Then people were too comfortable. They're getting increasingly less comfortable now, and and they'll be you could even buy more a new car for two thousand three hundred dollars back then. I remember when I was in high school. How <laughs> can you imagine? But uh, in any event, the one good thing that has already happened as a result of uh, what's coming is the death of liberal conservatism. Now we talked about this last week with Sam Bushman. We went to Freedom Fest, which was a group of liberal liberal conservatives, as I identify them as libertarians. Being, they were libertarians, but they were also liberal. And you write about this, uh, about uh, freedom conservatism, um, that, uh, you know, our, our solutions are liberty <laughs> and the pursuit of happiness and the uh, and prosperity uh, and, and, and uh, strict adherence to the Constitution. All of this stuff, though, National Review, uh, the Weekly Standard, I mean, yeah. that sort of conservatism that was the beat cop of conservatism as recently as the early 2000s, that's gone. It is. You either no hard one believes it. You're hard left or hard right now. There's really no middle, and that's a good thing because these guys sucked. The paper, it, paper oh, yeah, constitution is not going to save you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine believing in the paper constitution after watching your leading presidential candidate get arrested three times, and then the FBI tried to, you know, spent years trying to take him out. Uh, we've been over that a million times. We know how that all played out. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I was. I, I follow a writer named Damon Linker, and he had he had he had he had, he had uh, said something about that on his Substack. This freedom, this these Never Trump uh, people were having their freedom conservative um, manifesto, and it was just all these you know um, all these all you know old chestnuts and stuff and rhetoric from like the 80s and the 90s and. and even even he said you know this is just so out of touch. This is just so so. It's just like no one, no one cares about your principles. They they want to uh, know about your judgment. And, like, um, like being in a time I machine. That, I to it. Right. No, it was a good piece. I'm, I'm reading from it right now. Yeah, I mean this this it was really channeling these, these people, uh, 20, 2012 vibes. You know that seems even that's not that's just a decade ago. It seems like a lifetime ago. Oh yeah, you're never gonna get yeah, yeah, the, the whole thing. The Mitt Romney the. Uh, John McCain, the, the Barack Obama, that that's uh, the Ben Shapiro. I mean, you are either a pro-transgender, anti-white, anti-Christian zealot, or you're you're right wing now. And and there's not. I mean, I did see some of the people who are the remnant of this uh, principled conservatism, whatever you want to call it, and uh, it's it's a dying breed and, and 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 in good riddance to that but you write brad for nearly and i met them at this conference last week this freedom fest we were there and uh, we, we were poking around taking oh. a look at it but you write uh, for nearly mind. two decades <laughs> for nearly well I, I actually met some, i'll send you a 
picture of some of the people I talked to. It was pretty interesting. But for nearly two decades, these people represented mainstream conservatism, and we were the outsiders and the insurgents. But today, conservative liberalism, and it's funny you mentioned that because I, I said it on the show last week, a few days before you printed this article or you posted this article on Occidental Descent, I called them conservative liberals. You write conservative liberalism was the hegemonic ideology of the right. Today, it just sounds quaint. Nobody cares about these people or you know the principles. the avatar of it was is Mike Pence. Mike Pence is, <laughs> is terrible. Well, I, I mean, well, I, I, I well, gotta, how, how can Indiana turn out both Dan Quayle and Mike Pence, well, this two is, dumbest white men ever? i got to say this. I mean, you know, we got our start with, again, the royal we. <laughs> Pat Buchanan. It would have never happened had it been with anybody else. Can you imagine if I said I got my start with Mike Pence and that's how I got I into got radio? My, my, got my start with Dan Quayle. Well, yeah, right, Dan Quayle. I got my start with uh, Jack Kemp or, or Rick Santorum. <laughs> it just doesn't have that sort of – I mean, Buchanan is more idolized today than he was in any of his presidential runs. You look – I mean, he was the one that what, Keith? Very quick, he, he, very quick, very he, quick. He was the guy that broke through the Iron Curtain of the left and – called things by their proper names as my wife's late grandfather said he'd call a spade a dirty shovel and we were talking about we were reading death of the west death uh, of the west state of emergency and a republic not an, uh, excuse me a death of the west state of emergency suicide of a superpower which you know two of the three he came on to talk about on tpc now the sblc the ADR, i call them white nationalist screeds when the, he came on to promote them on this show it was sort of like dumping a ton of tnt into a swimming pool of gasoline and seeing what happens yeah, i mean nobody nobody could believe <laughs> there still, was, a was an article this week still talking about we're, an interview that pat did on this show yeah, we, yeah that's right i showed that to you i sent you that that's uh, we're getting off track we got it we but anyway, but anyway, uh, that it took people like Sam Francis and Pat Buchanan to basically blow up the paradigm and make people understand just how weak the supposed conservative establishment. Of the yeah, time right. Was. That, that's it, and that's what Brad writes. What good are your principles when the you know what good is the Constitution? What good are principles? A sense of fair play. The left doesn't have that. If you have a sense of fair play against a, a group that doesn't have it. Uh, you're going to lose every time, and that's what conservatism has done since the day of R.L. Dabney. Uh, but, Brad, you're right. What good are your principles when the current president can simply have his political opponents arrested like in any third-world country? And that brings about what's the solution. You know, I did meet at this conference last week a lot of secessionist movements, people from secessionist movements. You, you know in Texas, Brad, that the state GOP last year in Houston at the uh, convention voted to yeah. uh, put in secession to the I'll platform. About it, yeah. You got, um, of course, what's going on in Idaho at a county government level. Well, this is serious stuff. I mean, the counties are voting to leave Oregon and, and join Idaho. This is different. But I met somebody at this Freedom Fest thing last week uh, from New Hampshire. Secession is polling at 20% in New Hampshire. And I asked him, well, what are the issues for secession in New Hampshire? He said, you know, the usual stuff, you know, out-of-control government, blah, blah, blah. A lot of stuff we would agree on. But it actually went to the state house floor in New Hampshire, and 13 people voted for it, 13 members of the state house in New Hampshire. So you got well, on a county level in and I didn't either until last week. Uh, on a county level in Idaho. You got the Cal Exit movement in California. And you got on a state GOP level in Texas, the largest Republican party in the country. New Hampshire had actually went for a vote. Only 13 members of the state house voted for it. But, hey, that's a start. And so I think that is going to be the future. It's going to be – you're going to see a balkanization of America one way or another. Hopefully, All this stuff peaceably. is in the air. And we'll, 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 exactly the scenarios we've been talking about. There's any number of things that could just, you know, push it over the edge. Um, you know, when people like finally, you know, you know, lose confidence and 
even though it seems like a huge leap, even today, I mean, I can see people getting there. Like, especially... And the most incredible thing about it, though, uh, Brad, is this. The left is driving all this. It's like they're on a suicide mission. Let's get Brad to kill themselves. Go on, Brad. No, I mean, uh, oh, uh, absolutely. Um, They're they're absolutely, completely um, the ones who are driving it. even, Even, like... I mean, like I don't even really care for Trump. I don't, <laughs> I don't really like Trump. But like they've, they've, <laughs> they've, they've, they're, they're turning him into like this, but like going after him the way they are. I mean, I mean they're doing this part of it's on purpose. They think they have the best chance of beating Trump if they can get him hit with all these charges and strangle, you know, make him into a loser for independence so they can win. I guess if I think they can't that's get the him out any doing. other way. They're going to assassinate him. I think. Whatever it takes for our people to wake up. I mean, you know, none of us are going to live forever. Right? We got to play a role. But uh, hey, Brett, let me ask you this: uh, We got about two minutes remaining. Mm-hmm. I got to go the full three hours with you tonight, brother, because I mean, we always have so much to say. But I want to talk specifically about two Alabama issues, one minute each. Uh, number one, your thoughts on the Jeff Sessions kerfuffle—not uh, Jeff Sessions, but Tommy Tuberville. Excuse me, Tommy Tuberville on white nationalists being Americans. And they got to walk you back oh, yeah. a little bit, but not all the way. And then Kay Ivey, the basically the Supreme Court said you got to redraw your congressional maps, and they said, "Okay, we will." And it's, and it's <laughs> still, it's still, it's just forty-two percent black. They're just. All right, all right, let's get Brad. He's the Alabamian. Go, Brad. You got yeah, two minutes. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, I saw the Tuberville thing, and, and the thing that was shocking was that he was actually defending white nationalists. Instead of just saying, like, they're the worst things ever, you know, throw them all on. I, I don't know. He kind of, like, you know, moderated his comments later. But the, just the fact that it may, it, may be, it may be wonder how bad the military recruitment situation is that he would, you know, say something like that. And number What's two, going on with these yeah, congressional districts? Yeah, I'm wondering if that's going to affect – I have not looked at, into it. I wonder if that's going to affect my district because, you know, I live in the black belt. And we already have uh, one majority black district that's – carved out of Birmingham and uh, West Alabama around Selma. I'm wondering how they're going to do that. The whole Republican exactly Party, thing. though. The National Republican Party, is, heard... it just gets down to this. It's uh, yeah. The National Republican Party has a very tenuous hold on the House. And if you vote, oh, yeah. create a majority black uh, d- uh, district, you're going to have a Democrat representing them. So, you know. The whole Republican Party is having to come to terms with the fact that they are the party of white people. But it was good that the Alabama state legislature basically said, we'll redraw them, and they redrew them in a way that was still beneficial to their, well, their electorate. I'll have to look at the exact map. So I have to look, look at the exact map. I have been wondering like how they're redrawing our – are we losing a House seat this time, too? I, I think we might. Um, well, basically, it's not going to be – there's not going to be equity unless every – Congressperson out of Alabama is black. I mean, that's just, of course, what the media wants. Oh, yeah, even though it's a vast majority white state. Uh, but, hey, Brad, <laughs> we only scratched the surface tonight. I, I can't believe it. I mean, we're already out of time. But you can follow his writing, and you should. Uh, the best, uh, he has no peer at OccidentalDescent.com. Brad, enjoy Oppenheimer. I want to see a review because I, I want to go see it if I can ever get a babysitter, which is a tough, oh, tough I'll, sledding. Oh, I want to know how, how, how it works. They'll have to Three get it hours. on Netflix. Well, we know who wins the war, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Well, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> Bye, Hey, good night, Brad. We'll be back with Jose Nino next. <laughs> good night. Okay.